This is Made in Montana News on the Treasure State Radio Network. I'm Jay Scott. Lewis and Clark County Public Health said Friday that due to the spike in COVID-19 cases in the last several weeks, contact tracers are now unable to complete comprehensive tracing of all new positive cases and are focusing instead on close contacts of cases who are considered at high risk for further severe illness. In other words, low-risk contacts will not be told that they are a close contact to a COVID-19 case. However, household members, regardless of the risk level, will continue to be told about their exposure. While those considered low-risk may not be contacted by LCPH, public health urges everyone who thinks they might be a close contact to a new case to take personal responsibility and precautions to ensure the safety of themselves and anyone else. Asymptomatic spread of COVID-19 can occur 48 hours before any symptoms are present. The news comes as Lewis and Clark County posted 15 new cases on Friday. The county has had 7,474 confirmed cases. Some 7,200 are considered recovered, 94 have died. There are now eight people hospitalized and 65 breakthrough cases. Montana's medical community sounded an alarm Thursday, urging residents to get vaccinated and again wear masks in indoor public places to slow the spread of the increasingly concerning Delta variant of COVID-19. As of Thursday, there are more than 3,200 active COVID-19 cases in the state, including just under 500 new cases, a level of spread not seen since winter. In the last six weeks, the average daily caseload has increased sixfold and is on track to more than double that in the next two weeks. Hospitalizations are reaching critical new highs along with renewed community spread of the virus. The spikes are the result of the newer, more transmissible Delta variant and the state's sluggish vaccination rate. As of Thursday, 49% of eligible people in the state are fully vaccinated, far short of the 70 to 80% medical experts say is needed to reach herd immunity. On Thursday afternoon, officials from numerous statewide medical associations held a virtual press conference urging all Montanans to wear masks inside again. That's as recommended by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. In recent weeks, some states, including Oregon and Washington, have restored mask mandates after letting them expire in the spring. Governor Greg Gianforte rescinded Montana's mask mandate in February and has said he will not restore it. Medical officials say it's especially important to resume mask wearing as the school year approaches. Children under 12 cannot yet be vaccinated. Dr. Lorraine Wilson, vice president of the Montana chapter of the American Society of Pediatrics, said during Thursday's press event, that she's worried the upcoming school year will be significantly disrupted if school districts don't require children to wear masks. As the first day of school nears, 
Many districts are taking different approaches, with some opting for mask mandates, others leaving it up to individual students. In Helena, the superintendent will be in charge of determining whether masking will be resumed. Dr. Wilson said leaving it up to students was not a good option, citing the fact that more than 20,000 school children in Mississippi are currently in quarantine after just one week of school. Montana's hospitals are also having difficulties. As of Thursday, 200 people were hospitalized in the state, the most since January. On Tuesday, 42 people were hospitalized in Flathead County alone. Hospitals in Cascade County are also at capacity. Some hospitals have to hold patients in emergency rooms while awaiting more appropriate space. Others have had to send patients out of state. Montana has reported an average of 341 cases of COVID-19 each day for the past week. That was 50 cases at the end of June. 200 people were hospitalized on Thursday compared to 54 in June. The University of Montana and Montana State University announced this week they are urging students to wear face coverings in indoor public places to help slow the spread of the coronavirus. They're hoping that a requirement to wear masks won't be necessary. Effective Monday, the city of Billings is rescinding stage one water restrictions so residents may begin lawn watering again on Monday. The restrictions were put in place in response to record temperatures and water demands that led to equipment capacity and overloading issues and low water tank levels. The restrictions did work. There was a 40% decrease in water demand on Mondays and an overall drop of approximately 10% on the other days of the week. President Joe Biden's administration will maintain former President Donald Trump's lifting of protections for gray wolves across most of the U.S., but the effects of the lifting are being reviewed. Wolves under federal protection made a remarkable rebound in the U.S. over the past several decades after being driven from the landscape by excessive hunting and trapping in the early 1900s. States took over wolf management in the last decade in the Northern Rockies and in January for the remainder of the lower 48, including the Great Lakes and Pacific Northwest. U.S. Fish and Wildlife Assistant Director for Ecological Services Gary Peters says the federal government could take steps to restore protection if population declines put wolves back on the path to extinction. An indication of how worried federal officials are about various states' wolf policies is expected when they respond to petitions filed in June to again put wolves in the U.S. under federal protections. The Helena City Commission is now considering two competing proposals for how best to run the city-owned Helena Civic Center. During its April 28th meeting, the City Commission heard from the Helena Civic Center Steering Committee of Volunteers. That committee recommended the city form an advisory board to be focused as a non-profit board of directors and that the non-profit would be responsible for the management of the Civic Center under a lease agreement. 
During the last city administrative meeting, city staff presented its own recommendations on the future of the 100-year-old building. The city wants to create an advisory board like the one city commissioners disbanded in December of 2019. They want to keep control of the facility under the city. The city staff also called for increased investment from the city's general fund and the possibility of floating a municipal bond. Those funds would go towards operational costs and improvements, $500,000 for air conditioning, also two additional full-time employees, $100,000 for a liquor license, construction of a bar and lounge, construction of performing and artist workshop venues, and the build-out of meeting and office space for rent. The recommendations from staff also called for the increase in fees charged to users, quote, particularly on the weekends. Helena Mayor Wilmot Collins says that over the past 20 years, the facility has required an average yearly general fund contribution of around $425,000. Average yearly expenses have reached $800,000. When asked by City Commissioner Heather O'Laughlin whether or not staff had consulted with the steering committee while putting together its proposal, City Manager Rachel Harlow Schalk said that was never even considered. The City Commission then directed Harlow Schalk and staff to work more closely with the steering committee. Custer County in eastern Montana has adopted a resolution asking to join the Big Sky Passenger Rail Authority. Earlier this week, Rosebud and Stillwater counties asked to join, bringing to 16 the number of Montana counties across the southern tier working together to restore passenger rail service after a 43-year hiatus. Back in June, Senator John Tester added an amendment to the Service Transportation Act to study the restoration of long-distance passenger rail routes that have been discontinued. The North Coast Hiawatha across southern Montana and the Pioneer, which once connected Salt Lake City and Seattle, are at the forefront of those studies. The rail authority's next move depends on Congress. The infrastructure bill that has just cleared the Senate isn't expected to clear the House until fall, if the House supports it at all. The proposed route across Montana would follow, quote, a very heavily traversed corridor along the old North Coast Limited Hiawatha Line that provided service between 1971 and 1979 between Chicago and Washington State. Service was provided under private companies beginning in 1901. If you need to hear this report again, please check the podcast on our Treasure State Radio Network or KGRT-DB webpages. The podcast has listeners in 33 states and provinces in now 23 countries on six continents. We will also post the stories on Facebook, on the J. Scott and Treasure State Radio Network pages. Made in Montana news is heard on the Treasure State Radio Network, including KMEH 100.1 FM in Helena, the Elkhorn Mountains Radio Network, KMER, in Jefferson City, Montana Homegrown Radio in Bozeman, King West Radio in Billings, and ResCast Radio on the Fort Peck Reservation. That's Made in Montana News. I'm Jay Scott. 
This is the Treasure State Radio Network.